Welcome back to the Boys of Summer. This is episode number 84. It's the playoff edition. We know it's been a long time, but life happens, uh, finds a way to get in the way. And I'm Gene Gums, joined by my friends Eric Braun and Paul Arnold. And uh, guys, the playoffs have finally started, and the bad news is, is none of us have a dog in the hunt. <laughs> it must be October. <laughs> Says a Royals fan. Yeah, it's been a minute. Did, did I did I hear right? Isn't it like uh, a? And I don't mean to rub salt in the wound, uh, Paul. But uh, has, is, does Detroit have one of the longest droughts for postseason and for a franchise in a while? Yes, Gene. You know how to or, read or, the headlines. Or, or, don't or, you? Or, yes, thank you. Or or, cha- or championship. It's like them and the Cleveland Indians. Or excuse me, the Cleveland Guardians. The Tigers used to be what we pinned our hopes on, and now the Tigers and the Lions and the Red Wings and the Pistons. Uh, uh. It's brutal. Brutal. brutal time in Detroit. Uh, all right, so since we, don't, since we don't have a team in it, one of the things we'll talk about in a minute is, okay, of the teams left, who, who are we going to, uh, to hitch our wagon to? Uh, do you have a team that, that's your favorite? But before we get to that, there's a few other things that have been happening. And, and one of the things just happened uh, the night before we're taping this, and that was the decision by Scott Service, the manager of the uh, Seattle Mar- Mariners, with a, a, th- a two-run lead to go to the bullpen to bring in the reigning Cy Young Award winner to face Jordan Alvarez. And it didn't go very well. Um, so my question to you is, look, you've got, a, you've got your closer in there. He's been pretty good all year. You're asking Robbie Ray to come in and do something he hasn't done uh, in like three or four years. And I know Monday morning quarterbacking is easy to do, but was did you think that was the right move at the time? I mean, I don't know. I you know I, I don't have I don't really don't have a problem with it. Now I live in Houston, so you know there is a caveat there. But, <laughs> um, uh, right. The you know the thing is is that yeah you know, he had two innings to warm up. You know he started warming up in the seventh, so you know he probably has a fairly normal routine that he went through. I think he was probably ready to go. He hasn't had, you know, he's not, you know, a candidate for the Cy Young this year. So you uh, know, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. The, the, the thing is, is, I mean, look, Jordan is, is sometimes just going to get you. He's just going to win some of those and he is right. super clutch. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that they could have brought in anybody who, you know, was going to get rid of Jordan in that situation. I think it was, uh, more your Don than who the pitcher was. Not so fast, my friend. The, the... <laughs> I disagree oh, with that ahead, comment. Go ahead. Yes. I think the managers, when they get to the playoffs, they overfunction, they overmanage, they overthink. They don't stick with what the players do best. You put them in unfamiliar situations, you're going to get unpredictable results. I, I just feel like you got to have more trust in your closer and not – put your starter in that position. So I disagree. Go ahead, Gene. I mean, the thing is, is you look at C's numbers during the year, he had 20 saves, but he threw 64 innings. He only gave up 32 hits in 64 innings. That's not, I mean, so yeah, you know, so when you look at that number, you go, whoa, um, what are we doing? He struck out 72 guys in 64 innings. You know, Jordan Alvarez strikes out a lot. You know, so you look at the fact he doesn't give up a lot of hits and he strikes out a lot of guys. To me, it's it. I, I'm kind of in your camp with this, Paul. Um, I thought it was a classic case of overmanaging. Yep, I agree. I think it was just overmanaging. 
Yeah, so, you, may, you may have convinced me. <laughs> well, the other thing was, you know, the other thing that as soon as I and I didn't know this at the time, but Bob Costas said when uh, he was coming in, he said, yeah, by the way, Jordan Alvarez is hitting 320 off of left handers this year. And I went, oh, <laughs> you know, and the other thing is Robbie Ray's first pitch was a fastball. Alvarez was right on it and followed it off. Yeah. So what does Ray do? He comes back with another fastball. Yeah, you didn't. I you mean, didn't, you know, you didn't need any trash cans to know what was coming on that one. Oh no! <laughs> Good one. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> but but look, look, we've seen managers look. As a Red Sox fan, I've seen. You know, I saw Alex Cora do it. You know, against the Dodgers in the World Series when they brought Nate Evaldi out of the bullpen and he pitched like a million innings out of the bullpen when Chris sale came out of the bullpen, you know, we've seen that happen, you know, time after time in playoffs, but this was just a case. When you look at the numbers for what Seawald had done during the year, Robbie Ray had not been very good. He may have been the reigning Cy Young award winner. And they kept saying that, but he was 13 and 13 with a, an awful ERA. And you just like, that's not the same guy. So, you know, when you look at all those numbers, you wonder what Scott service was thinking, but you know, that's what, that's why, uh, that's, what's fun about this. Now, on the other hand, how about Seattle? Are they going to be able to recover from this? When you know, you look at what they did in the first round, when they were getting you know hammered by the Toronto Blue Jays in Game Two of that first round series, and they come all the way back to win that game ten nine, and then they have that done to them, you have to wonder if all the air has come out of that tank, and if this might not be a Houston sweep. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking today. You know, and, and who knows? But the the thing is, for me, the advantage that Seattle had coming in was that they've been playing and weren't resting. And I think yesterday's game, you know, they just the Astros just started sluggish, right? And then I think this is, you know, now they're after yesterday the way yesterday's game ended, they're going to be, you know, just like they missed didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah, I think Seattle think, has. Paul? I think they have more uh, energy in them. I mean, when I watched that Seattle-Toronto series, that was really intense, and Seattle came back to win with that whole big crowd against them. I think Seattle still has left something in them. Um, the other series that I have to admit absolutely shocked me: the fact that the Philadelphia Phillies uh, went to St. Louis. And took both games, and the St. Louis bats were nowhere to be seen in those two games. So, number one, uh, Eric, is your wife okay? Uh, no, <laughs> she's, she's 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 healing slowly, but yeah, it's uh, it was a tough few tough few days around the old brownhouse. Just going from like all the final, you know, the final regular season stuff with Yadi um, and Wayno. Um, you know, that was, you know, emotional enough. There were definitely some tears shed and then going into the playoffs and, you know, you kind of, you know, you could see, you know, uh, you know, that the, the bats for saying those have been quiet for a while. It wasn't, that wasn't breaking yeah. news. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a few tough days around here. Yeah, I would imagine. And I think I think the hardest part and and, and this was something that was kind of heartwarming to see. I mean, I know it was in a losing effort, but in their last at bats, both Albert Pujols and Yadi Molina both got hits. 
So, I mean, if there was a better way to go out, I mean, I guess the better way to go out would be to hit a home run on your last at bat. But if, if, if there's a way to go out, I mean, I guess it was nice, at least for St. Louis fans, to be able to see them each get a hit on the way out. Yeah, yeah, kind of a little bit of hope they're going at the very end. Um, yeah, yeah, but when you, when you, you know, the whole season, you know, Arenado and Wainwright, or not Wainwright, uh, Goldschmidt, um, really were what drove that engine for the, for the offense. And they right. just, uh, most of us, even most of September, they just didn't have it. And that went right out into the playoffs. You'd hope they rewound uh, or rebound, but they, they did not. I, I will say this. Albert Pujols, you know, no, look, David Ortiz had probably the greatest final season of a baseball player I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for Albert Pujols, I don't think he could have gone out any better than he did. And, and the 700 home runs aside, which is an incredible accomplishment and all, the, all that. But the fact that he hit 270. Yeah. I mean, he hadn't hit 270. He hadn't hit 270 since 2014. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy when he was in St. Louis was, you know, was hitting, you know, 320, 330, 340 every year. But he hadn't hit 270 in like eight years. And he comes out and he does that 24 home runs in his last season. I mean, I don't I think if you wrote that for a script for a, a baseball movie, everybody like, get the hell out of here with that. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I mean, I thought it was it was about as as heartwarming a, a, a way to go out as I've ever seen. And we all know how crusty Gene is. Right. Um, I have to tell you, I got emotional uh, several times because I watched a lot of those home runs that he hit down the stretch. I got emotional watching that because it's just because he's a guy that is hard to root against. He's a guy that to me is somebody who always who gets it. He understands what the fans are. He understands what the game is. And so that's a guy you have to root for. And to see him do that kind of thing actually made me, you know, emotional. It really did. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, they were, that whole team was a lot of fun to watch this year. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And, and Pooh holes was, the, the icing on the cake. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was just a blast. Um, we, so we mentioned pools and I have to bring this up because uh, people have talked about it and, and uh, you know, everybody talking about whether, you know, what, what home run record is legit. So I got to bring up the whole Aaron judge thing with chase for 62 and, and uh, you know, Roger Maris jr. Uh, you know, bringing up, well, you know, Aaron Judge is the true home run champion because of the guys, you know, like, you know, Sosa and Bonds and McGuire who all cheated. So Aaron Judge is the real home run champion. How do you guys come down on that? You know, um, I wish that was true, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, unless 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 the MLB decides that, you know, to totally stricken those uh, uh, those records from the record books that's that's what the the record is so that's what's got to be beat you know and i i kind of equate it to to swimming um you know back in the what was it the london games everybody had those tech suits all those um, suits yeah, yeah 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 and they you know they ended up making you know outlawing those and those it took quite a while for those records to you know the records to start falling again but they did they get better and i think you know eventually we'll um uh, you know there's going to be uh somebody's going to break those records. So it's a long ways to go though. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only guy, the only guy playing now, I guess, that would have a shot would be Mike Trout, and he's only at 400 now. You know, and the question with him is, is yeah, I think he could legitimately break all those records, but I don't know if he can stay on the field. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you say, Paul? Angels. Any any place for the Angels. <laughs> so, <laughs> Paul, is, is, who's the real home run champion? Yeah, it's Bonds, but I think baseball fans love to debate stuff like this, right? It, it's the fun part over a beer or coffee or breakfast in the morning to debate stuff. But I think Justice... Beer in the did, morning? Well, I didn't, did I say beer in the morning? That's what, <laughs> that's what Eric does. Well, you're, um, you're, that's right. Uh, well. <laughs> um, but what's more impressive to me is that Justice did it when the baseballs were dead half of the year, when he's 20 home runs more than the next closest guy, he's doing it in New York. I mean, Barry Bonds, he did it on a clear day, he did it on a cloudy day, he did it his way. And Aaron and Justice did it in such a classy way. I mean, just you mean, by you mean Judge, Judge, excuse me, not Justice. Wow, Judge in such I mean, a classy I'm sure, way. I'm sure Justice, I'm sure Justice wishes he hit that. Yeah, game. right. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron Judge, sorry. Yeah, so I, in my heart, you know, Judge is, is the best the way he handled it this year. Classy, uh, good story. But, it, you know, until the commissioner changes it, that's the way it is. Well, I remember they tried to change it when Roger Harris set the record. Remember, they had an asterisk there for a little while. They did, yeah. Um, they, and, you know, because he didn't do it in as few a games as Babe Ruth did, so they put an asterisk there. Uh, didn't last very long, but they tried, you know, and, and I think that's the same thing here. I don't, and, and I think Rob Manfred and I, we all know how I'm not a fan of his, uh, but I think he handled it right. He said, look, let the fans debate this, you know, you know, our record books are what the record books are. Let the fans debate it. I'm not getting involved. And I think that was the exact right way to handle it. Yep. How much money is Aaron judge going to make in the off season? <laughs> Is he gonna is he gonna be a forty million dollar a year guy at age thirty? Coming off of what he just did? I mean probably. I mean somebody's gonna pay it and probably it'll be the Yankees. Well, I can you imagine New York City if they let him walk? Yeah, that'd be if, right. I mean I, I I have to imagine that Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman uh, are crying knowing that, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to blow through the luxury tax so far to sign this guy and still be competitive that it's not even funny. And I think it's the greatest thing ever. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I, I hope, I hope Los Angeles messes with him a little bit and just pushes the, pushes the, the cost up a little more. Well, the, the team that's come out that said that they really want him are the San Francisco giants. Really? Hmm. Yeah. He grew up in the Bay area. And the the Giants want him, and they have made no bones about it that they want it, that they intend to make a run at him. And guess who else says that they are interested? The Boston Red Sox. Can you imagine? Oh, oh, this would be. The, it's not going to happen. But oh my God, <laughs> I I just I could die a happy man just to take him away from the Yankees. It, this would be. Like Derek Jeter joining the Red Sox in the middle of his career. 
You know what? I mean, that's how, because this is the guy, I mean, this is the guy that on that Yankee team, I don't care anybody else they got. Aaron Judge is all anybody talks about. So, yeah. uh, I, but I think, I, I think the Yankees will back up the Brinks truck. It's just, the question is just going to be is how high it's going to go. And it, it could be scary. Um, all right. Uh, another New York question. Mets won 101 games, get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Is their season a failure? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I, have, I think so. I have two quotes from Buck Showalter and Max Scherzer. Maybe you read this already. Showalter said, it's cruel. It really is. And Matt Scherzer said, it's a kick in the balls. That sounds like failure to me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a failure to me. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the Seattle Mariners. What, they win 114 games one year? It was it 2001? And then they got beat by the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs, and nobody remembers that they won 114 games. But I'll, I, but I'm going to go a little bit on the other side of this. The Mets made themselves relevant again. They captured the attention of New York. They took some of the spotlight away from the Yankees, which is what the Mets have not been able to do for a long, long time in any positive way. But they did for a long time. So to me, I don't think the season's a failure. Look, Jacob Degrom missed a good part of the season, right? Max Scherzer went on the disabled list twice. You know, they had a lot of injuries, you know, and look, everybody deals with injuries. I mean, I'm, the Red Sox dealt with, you know, more than their share. So I get it. But they won 101 games. I mean, so I, I have a hard time seeing that as a failure. You know, I don't know how Steve Cohen, the owner, feels about it. I mean, for his $280 million or something. But, but to me, they made themselves relevant again, which if you're in New York, that's a number one. You, you, trying to compete with the Yankees is not easy. And I thought that they did this year. Yeah, it's the dollar figures that, for me, makes it a failure. You know, if you're going to spend okay, that kind yeah. of money. and That's fair. Don't get out of the first round. I mean, I suppose, you know, at least they got to the playoffs. But then to get handled the way they did. Um, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, if, if, I, well, if it was my $280 million, I would be under. You'd be pissed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. I, okay. I, that's And that's fair. It's just, it, to me, it's, it's look. You know, I know this. If the Boston Red Sox had won 101 games, they would have been in the playoffs. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that are sitting at home that would have loved to have at least had a shot in the postseason. Nobody thought the Phillies were going to get to the second round of the playoffs. And not only did they get there, they beat Atlanta in game one. So, you know, the idea is just to get there, right? And then, you know, who knows, right? And, and, and you know, we didn't think the, the Cleveland Guardians were going to be anything this year. And look, they're in the division series now. So you just got to get there. So, you know, to me... I get it. I get the money part of it, but I take 101 wins any day of the week. But that's just me. It, it would be nice. All right, guys. All right. Who uh, who are you hitching the wagon to with the playoff teams that are left? Uh, I am. Uh, uh, yeah, we're here in Houston. I'm I'm cheering for the Astros. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that that was a no-brainer. Yeah, that's easy. <laughs> what do you got, Paul? This might surprise you, knowing that I have a, a affinity for the Braves since my wife grew up in near Atlanta. But I'm pulling yep. for the Phillies. Yep. The reason being, I am sentimental to a former Detroit Tigers. Castanello is six. He's, Castellanos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was really drinking coffee night, not beer. I know I said justice instead of judge. <laughs> and I'm slurring my cast. All right. Send send an intervention, that's, that's a, folks. Help. Um. <laughs> so he spent um, six I, hard years with the Tigers. I want to see Nick win a world championship with the Phillies. 
And you know what? I'm, I'm rooting for the same team. And I lived, and I lived two hours from Atlanta. I'm rooting for the Phillies too. Um, because my family's from there. My mother was born there. Um, you know, so, and I have, I still have relatives in, uh, in Philadelphia. So I'm, I'm going for the Phillies, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I just, because, and, and because they're massive underdogs. I mean, the only other team that I would root for, I think would probably be Cleveland simply because I love Terry Francona. Um, but I, I don't think they've got the horses, but I think the Phillies, I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, but having Wheeler and Aaron Nola at the top of that rotation, and Ranger Suarez has been pretty good. I think it, you know, their bullpen's shaky. That's what scares me. But I mean, look, they can hit the ball, and they've got three solid starters. I think they've got a legitimate chance. I don't, I don't think they can. I, 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 I now saying I'm rooting for them was one thing. Do I think they can win? No, I think the Dodgers are still going to win the win the the, uh, the NL. But I'm, I'm going to root for the Phillies at least to get to the uh, the NLCS. There you go, Gene. Way to go, bud. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you that often. I've agreed with you twice today. So I'm, <laughs> weird. I'm not sure. Weird night. Not, Full moon outside. Uh, can can I mean Houston's kind of owned the Yankees. They've got to be feeling pretty good down there after after last night, huh, Eric? Because they've they've handled the Yankees all season. They got to be thinking they've got a pretty good chance here. Yeah, but they've had their struggles against Seattle, so I think there's some nervousness uh, there. I think they, they might be more concerned about. Uh, Seattle than than they are with the Yankees, but you know the Yankees, you know after their uh, you know August and September they've 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 gotten a little bit better. They've kind of come out of their funk. So you know I'm sure it'll be a a, a, a really good series, assuming those two teams do make it there. Five game series. Well, I would think it's so. gonna happen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I to be honest with you, the team I thought had, that had the best chance to beat the Dodgers was the Mets. Because the Mets, I think, beat the Dodgers five out of six games in the regular season. Hmm. So I thought I thought the Mets had a legitimate chance, but not anymore. They're on the golf course. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we'll see. Uh, I, so I want to segue now into you know, postseason awards. And I will, let's start, since we've already talked about managers a lot with the Scott Service thing. Who do you think is going to be the manager of the year? Let's start first in the American League. And to me... I think the only names that jump out to me would be Scott Service in Seattle, Terry Francona in Cleveland, and then Brandon Hyde, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, because I think all three teams exceed went far above what anybody thought that they could do. So, who do you think who do you think wins Manager of the Year in the American League? Ooh, that's, yeah, those are those are all really good candidates. I I think I would lean. I just, I, I'm like you though with you know Francona. He's just so consistently good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'd probably go with the the Baltimore uh, manager who's like I, I don't even know his name, but I, I know Brandon, you're Brandon Hyde. It's yeah, yeah it's I mean, Brandon they, Hyde. They, yeah, they were man. They really came out of nowhere this year. Um, and I know they've got some you know they got a you know rookie of the year candidate and um, you know have some some young talent. But yeah, man, to get those guys turned around and after they traded away, you know, some, you know, their catcher and some other uh, players, they kept, kept rolling too. So yeah, that's, that's probably my guy. Okay. What about you, Paul? Francona, because manager of the year, I think you got to get your team into the playoffs some way, somehow. And even though Baltimore is a good story and I used to live in Baltimore, I love that whole idea. Um, 
it's like saying a player of the year has to be on a team that competed for the championship. You know, it's so that's we're going to talk probably a little bit about most valuable player too. But I'm I'm sticking with Eugene three times in a row in one show, man. We agree. Lord have mercy. There's something just something must be something in the water. Uh, It it could well be. Uh, so let's go over to the National League. I mean, where do we go in the National League with this? You know, my, my I guess, I mean, I'd have to say the leader in the clubhouse might be Brian Snicker, which is kind of weird to say that the defending World Series champion manager might be the leader in the clubhouse for manager of the year. But then they were 10 and a half games behind the New York Mets and everybody had them six feet under. I mean, that's a that's a hell of an accomplishment. And then I guess you could also... You could probably put Rob Thompson in there, right, for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a guy that took over a team after they fired Joe Girardi, and everybody thought the Phillies were dead and buried, and he got him in the playoffs. So what do you think in the National League? You know, I would put Buck Showalter on that list, too. I know, ironic, since we're, yeah. you know, we're just bagging on him. But, you know, I think it's really <laughs> um, really hard to uh, come into that situation. Um, you know, I, th- I think that's just a big uh, – uh, a big job for any manager and he was the right man, you know, you know, for them, they just, you know, the team didn't execute, you know, you can't blame the the playoff loss on him. And this is all regular season anyway, for these awards. So uh, right. yeah, I think, right. I think, I, I think I'd go with Buck. Um, I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm just partial to old guys. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Rob Thompson with the Phillies because here's a guy who's labored behind the scenes, grew up in Canada was a catcher, third baseman in Detroit Tigers organization, once again, waited his time, and he played it right. He he listened to the man, the players, got them playing. I agree, Buck Schwalter is always a good story, um, but this year, Thompson, I think. You know, I think, man, this is not right, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and I mentioned Brian Snitker because of the, the great comeback that the Braves had. But when you look at that Braves roster, you almost have to say, well, why the hell didn't, why the hell were they 10 and a half games behind to begin with? I mean, I know, right. I, I mean, I know it took a while for Acuna to come back and then Albies was hurt, but you know, with that pitching staff and that bullpen, how the hell were they 10 and a half out to begin with? Right. So I think you're right. I think Rob Thompson, and I don't know. I don't. I wonder if they've ever. I wonder if anybody who became in as an interim manager has ever won Manager of the Year. Mm. I can't. I can't think of one. I mean, I mean anybody deserves it. It's him. Yeah, I think. I, I think it's a great story, and uh, and if they end up knocking off the Atlanta Braves, it'll be them. Now, it, again, the, the voting's already done, but yeah, I think. I think I'm with you again, Paul. I, I'm really getting scared, but uh, I think. I, I think he might be the guy. I, I really do. Uh, let's go to most valuable player and let's start in the American league. Now, look, we've had this, we had this conversation a couple of months ago, the last time we did this, whether it's going to be Aaron judge or Shohei Otani, Aaron judge led the American league in everything with the exception of, uh, batting average. And even then he was only what about uh, five points off, something like that. Um, I know Otani's great. And I know Otani does things that Aaron Judge can't do. But if Aaron Judge doesn't win MVP this year with what he did, <laughs> right. that's telling me that they're just going to give Shohei Otani that every that award every year until he retires. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. The, 
I mean, look, if your team doesn't, and I and I, I know this this is the Gene Gums rule, but if your team doesn't compete, um, you know, in postseason or, or even really during the season, you think, right. I mean, great, you're, you're the most valuable player for a team that went nowhere. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I, you just yeah, I, I just don't think anybody has had a year like what Aaron Judge has done. I mean, in decades, if, you know, if ever, I mean, it was, a, it was no, very few years in baseball deserve, uh, uh, deserve an MVP, an MVP um, you know, uh, more than this one. It was, it was, I mean, it was just an incredible uh, showing for uh, across the board on stats. He was just uh, ex- excellent in every category. <laughs> The only guy outside of Otani, because and I don't, I'm discounting him just because he does both, and yeah, we get all that, and yeah, he's great, I get all that. But the only guy that I think really challenges or could challenge Judge, and he won't, he'll probably end up finishing third behind Otani too, um, is Jordan Alvarez. I mean, there was talk in the beginning of the year that Alvarez might be the leader in the clubhouse for MVP, but look, he's Alvarez still hit over 300, he hit 306, he had 37 homers, 97 bombs. I mean, you know, an OPS of over a thousand. Uh, so to me, I mean, if it's not judge, it's Alvarez, if the world doesn't include Shohei Otani, right. I mean, but, but that's about it. Right. Right. But he's, you know, even as good as his year was, it's not even close to, to what judge did. Um, you know, just, just for, yeah, it, I mean, 62 home runs, right. What, what else can you say? Right. Um, yeah. So there's no way he's going to, he would be, you know, the only person who can beat judge, is Otani, and it's just because he's, you know, a freak. So, um, and that just that shouldn't get you over a guy who does one thing and does it very, very well. What do you think, Paul? Um, Otani's numbers are pretty impressive: fifteen and nine, two point three three ERA, hit two seventy three, thirty four home runs on a really bad team. Um, but let me ask you, Gene, how is the vote? done for the most valuable player? Is it the baseball writers or the media? How's it done? It's, it's the, it's the baseball writers association. It's they, what they do is, is that every year, like uh, every newspaper will get a vote. Like if they cover, if, if they have a, a staff reporter um, and they rotate the votes around. So one year you might be able to vote for MVP. The next year you vote for Cy Young, you know, so they try to move it around, but each, each, uh, each, newspaper will get a vote well, that, has a, that has a staff reporter. Where I was going to is the largest concentration of newspapers and baseball fans still is the East Coast. And I think, I don't know if that plays into the who wins these awards or not, but it uh, sounds like they figured it out. But I, you got to go with Judge. I mean, he almost won the Triple Crown. I remember when Miggy won the Triple Crown Detroit, right. it was just such a shock because it hadn't been done since Yaz in 67. So, um right. So I think Judge has got to get it. You know the other amazing, amazing stat with Judge. Not only did he did he you know hit three eleven, he walked a hundred and eleven times. He walked thirty more times than the next highest guy in the, in the Major League Baseball, and that was that was Alex Bregman. I mean, you know, we haven't seen guys walking at that rate since. Remember Barry Bonds used to walk one hundred and fifty times a year, and most of those were intentional walks. Um, you know, so I think, I think, I think you're right. I think Aaron judge has to win it. I don't think, I mean, I think it'll be fairly close, 
but I think Judge still wins it, you know, fairly comfortably. That's that's my my thought. Uh, what about the National League? To me, the National League is a little bit more wide open. Um, a lot of people think that Paul Goldschmidt's the guy, um, but I happen to think that it's. Uh, I think Freddie Freeman might win it. I think Freddie Freeman might be the guy that's going to win the the MVP in the National League this year. Well, Goldschmidt was, you know, he was right there in the Triple Crown. Him and Arenado were going back and forth, you know, about who might win the, the Triple Crown in the National League for a long time. And as I like to sleep inside my house, I'm going to go with uh, Goldschmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah. And he's from the Woodlands. So, you know, hey. right here. Oh, is he, is he really? Yeah, he's from the oh, Woodlands. Oh, no kidding. Woodlands High oh, School. wow. Yep. Oh no, kidding! You know the other the other name to throw the other name to throw out there, and and I hate to throw his name out there because I can't stand the guy uh, is Manny Machado, but Manny Machado hit uh, two ninety eight this year, thirty two homers, one hundred two runs batted in. Um, you know, I mean Freeman's home run numbers aren't as good, but he hit three twenty five and he played for the best team in in baseball. Um, so uh, you know that's why I'm going with Freddie Freeman. He, I don't know that he'll win it, but but I I think Freeman might be the guy. What do you got, Paul? Yeah, Goldschmidt all the way. I like Amy's choice all the way. Go Goldschmidt. <laughs> all right, I actually disagree on one. Thank God, <laughs> we have we have returned we have returned normalcy to the universe. Hey, we want a free night uh, stay in Houston if we're down there again. See, that's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> there we go. So, oh, so there's a method to the madness. Always, gotcha. always. Uh, all right, let's let's go, Cy Young, uh, in the American League. Is there any competition for Verlander, Justin Verlander? Verlander I mean, Verlander. eight. I mean, eighteen and four, 1.75. I mean, I mean, I guess uh, you know the only competition he has might be on his own team, right? Yeah. Framber Valdez might be the only other guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Emmanuel Classe? Class? Yes, Classe. Yeah, Classe. Yeah, I mean, he had the, a very closer, good year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he had you know 1.36 ERA in 77 games with how many saves did he have? At 40, uh, 42. That's a lot of saves. Yeah. So he's right there yeah. too. Yeah, and his whip was his whip was his whip was 0.7, which is pretty impressive out <laughs> of the bullpen. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah, but how about Justin Verlander as a starter had a whip of 0.82? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a starter, that's insane. He he walked twenty nine guys all season. Wow. Nick Pavetta, who, Nick Pavetta, who wa- works for the who, who uh, pitches for the Red Sox, walked twenty nine guys in a week. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a hundred and eighty five strikeouts and twenty nine walks. He only gave up one hundred and sixteen hits in one hundred and seventy five innings. I mean, it's just ridiculous. How old is he? Thirty eight. Thirty nine. Yeah, something like that. 38. He's had Tommy John surgery and he's doing that. So I think that's, I think that's a running week. So we all, we all believe the, the same. Yep. Yeah. I think that, I think the national league is a little bit more interesting. Um, if you go based on wins, which nobody does anymore, uh, Kyle Wright from Atlanta was unbelievable, right? 21 and five, but his ERA was a little high. His ERA is 3.19. Julio Urias from the Dodgers had an ERA of only 2.16. Tony Gonsolin from the Dodgers had a 2.14 before he got hurt. And then uh, I guess, you know, I don't know where else you go. You Darvish, maybe. 
But again, his ERA is over three. I don't know. To me, it looks like Julio Urias from the Dodgers might be the leader in the clubhouse for, for the National League. Yeah, I agree with you. He's, um, uh, you know, those seven losses, though, you know, 17 wins, seven losses. That's, uh, that's a, you know, for this, for, for Cy Young, that's kind of high for, you know, a guy on the Dodgers, it seems like. But two point yeah. two point one two point one six. That's all that's I'm going to, I mean, that's, that's just pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, think about, look at this Dodger team. It's unreal when you look at, uh, the wins in the in the National League. Now you know the Dodgers won a million games, so they're going to have guys. But Urias was seventeen and seven with a two point one six. Gonsolin was sixteen and one with a two point one four before he got hurt. Yeah. And then they had Tyler Anderson, who was fifteen and five with an ERA of two and a half. I mean, they had three guys with ERAs in the twos, and there should be no nobody should be wondering why the hell they're the best team in the National League. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So what do you think, Paul? Arias? Yeah, I think at the beginning of the year, I thought the Cy Young would come from the Mets because he had Scherzer, DeGrom, and you thought, surely yeah, that's those, a good point. Yeah. one of those guys is going to be awesome. And DeGrom's injuries just kept on coming and coming. But when he's on, he's unstoppable. And Scherzer just wore down once again. But, um, yeah, you're at Dodgers. you got to go there. Yep. And you know what? You can't forget this guy either. And I know he's he spent time on the uh, the injured list as well this year. Clayton Kershaw was twelve and three this year, and his ERA was two point two eight. I mean, the Dodgers at a team as a team had an ERA of two point eight zero. Two point eight zero. You don't see numbers like that for an entire season for a pitching staff. That's just that's just it's gross. Is what it is. It's just gross. Um, last question. Hall of Fame, five years from now. Yachty and Albert, probably both first ballot. The question I have, will Albert Pujols be the next unanimous player to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, how can you not make him? Well, Unless it... Go ahead. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth wasn't unanimous. I'm just, you know. Just saying. <laughs> That's insane. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ted, 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 Ted Williams wasn't unanimous. This was a setup, Eric. It was a setup, I tell you. Yeah, it was a setup, yeah. Uh, no, no, but well, look, but, but it's happened, right? I mean, sure. it's happened now. So now that it's happened once, I mean, if I don't think there is ever going to be, outside of maybe when Mike Trout retires, I can't imagine anybody that could be a better candidate to be a unanimous Hall of Famer than Albert Pujols. Can you? No, no. He's the – we're not going to see anybody with those kind of numbers for a very long time again, if ever. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think think he'll be uh, uh, going away. He will be the uh, uh, unanimous. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I – I'm with Yachty. I'm, I hope he's the first ballot. I think he probably will be just on reputation, but, um, but he's, I mean, his offensive numbers are not, yeah, they're not great. And, but he's, you know, he, he, it's his defense that is what really set him apart and, and leading the team, you know, the, the pitching staff, uh, and that isn't always, you know, uh, appreciated by the voters. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, 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 80% sure that he'll be a first ballot guy. 
but um, you know, uh, it wouldn't be uh, a complete shock if he wasn't. Paul. Well, I'm going to quiz you, you guys. I'm looking at baseball <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, stats. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. So if there's only one reason why you wouldn't vote for Albert Pujols to go to the Hall of Fame, there's only one stat that could hold one nasty baseball writer back from voting for him. Can you guess what stat that is? Strikeouts. No. No, I don't even think it's that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say his defense. No. Stolen bases. He only had one this year. 117 oh, in his on. career. <laughs> that was a setup. Sorry, folks. Yeah. That was a setup. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, he was never a defensive wizard, so that's the only thing I figured that, uh, you know, he was essentially a DH for the, the latter part yeah, of his career. Uh, but, um, oh, one, one more question. You're a fan in the stands. You catch home run ball number 62. Are you giving it back? I probably would, uh, but I would expect a lot in return. What's a lot? Define a lot. Yeah. Well, like signed bats, pictures, all that kind of oh, stuff. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on eBay or I wouldn't. Yeah, it's just kind of gross. <laughs> it's a lot of money, though. It's a lot of money. Well, well the guy was offered $2 million bucks for it. That fixes a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah. Eric's changing his mind all of a sudden. That's not yeah, so that's gross, not huh, Eric? <laughs> Yeah, not so gross. Yeah. What what do you say, Paul? Oh, gotta get, take the money. Judge is set for life, boy. He he doesn't need that ball to prove anything. If he wants he's got plenty of money to pay for it. I would sell it because it would set up my family. That's what I would do. I, I yeah, I wouldn't. That's just me. Oh, and if purist. my wife and I had a long conversation about this. My, well, I am. You know, I am. My wife looked at me like I had three heads. She said, "What are you <laughs> out of your mind?" <laughs> but, but, well, you know, do you, you know what? Like, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Maybe I wouldn't because it's a Yankee. Oh. <laughs> you know, because even if I got signed bats or a signed jersey, I'm not putting that on my wall. You know, it's been really. I'm gonna put that on the wall next to my. Am I gonna put that on the wall next to my signed picture of Roger Clemens? No, no, I'm not. You know, it'd been really funny if somebody had another baseball, and when you after you hit the home run, somebody threw the other baseball out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would come up with that one. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think I, yeah, you know, I, I really do. I think I would give it back. I'd probably like, like you said, Eric, I'd want a lot. I might ask for season tickets. Oh um, yeah, there you go. But maybe for life. For life, season tickets for life. <laughs> because you know what? If I got season tickets, like if 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 Aaron Judge hits it and I catch the ball and I go and I get season tickets for life, I can sell those season tickets to people, and I can make money that way. And he still got his ball back, and I still, you know, I I I can sell the tickets because I'm not going to Yankee Stadium, but I can sell the ticket. I can sell the tickets and still get a bat or or, or something else signed and <laughs> my picture taken with the with the Jelly Green Giant. So. All right, so we have found out you two are greedy and I'm a purist. So I feel better about myself. Thanks. I would like to say, you know, I started out with good intentions. <laughs> you actually you did until I, until I said to him, yeah. until I said, well, no. As soon as, soon as I, I said two million you, bucks, you went, yeah. you went, oh, that could solve some problems. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I blame uh, you guys. Uh, 
Oh, okay. All right, great. That's going to do it for us here for episode number 84. For Paul Arnold, Eric Braun, I'm Gene Gumps. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Boys of Summer.